Well, we want to welcome you to the Heights Baptist Church podcast. At Heights Baptist Church, our desire is to love and lead all people to new life with Christ. And so uh, we film these midweek podcasts uh, every week. We talk about uh, the intersection between faith and the culture and the church. And so thanks for joining us uh, for today's discussion. Uh, my name is Matt and I'm the worship pastor at Heights Baptist Church. And I'm joined as always by uh, Pastor Lee, who is our lead pastor here at Heights. So thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. We, uh, in on Sunday mornings, we are in a series called Healthy Habits. And so for the next couple of weeks, we are doing podcast episodes that talk about how to be very intentional and very practical with ways that we can develop some of those spiritual habits. So in the same way that you might, you know, work out or watch what you eat, um, we're talking about ways which we can uh, do a better job in our prayer life Mm -hmm. or how we can study the Bible better, how we can share our faith better. And today we are going to be tackling um, what can sometimes be a tricky conversation, which is the whole area of stewardship. Right. So before we do anything else, let's just, let's kind of just get a definition going. Like what, what, what are we talking about when we see, use the word stewardship? First, I want to say wonderful job on the intro because right before we went live, I said, Hey, do you want to do the intro? <laughs> that was all the heads up I gave you. <laughs> so beautiful. Like you transitioned that so well, no notes, no practice, nothing. That was awesome. So well, thank you. Yeah. And now I'm also stalling because I'm thinking of a good definition of stewardship. Um, I, I think stewardship, basically, I, I would boil it down to how do we steward use the resources that God has given us um, for his glory as believers in Christ. So how do I use my, my time well, essentially my talents and my treasures well? So my time, my talents, my money well, to help expand the kingdom of God, to grow the kingdom of God, ultimately for the glory of God. So thinking uh, back to the message preached on Sunday, uh, we'll be going, you know, we went through 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, verse 9, Paul says, you know, I make it my aim, whether I'm present here on earth or I'm present in heaven, uh, to please the Lord. And so as Christians, that ought to be our motivation in what we do with everything we have in life is how can I use this to grow the kingdom of God in order to please God and, and, and bring him glory. So I, I define stewardship kind of that way. So. so a big part of what we're going to be talking about when we're talking about stewardship is finances right. and how we as believers handle our finances. So it seems to me like there's kind of two camps when it comes to churches and talking about money. Right. You got folks that talk about it all the time. Yeah. And then there's folks that hardly ever talk about it. Right. Um, and, and I would say, I, I think at Heights, we're trying to strive to kind of be somewhere in the middle between those two extremes. Yeah. But it, it can be very hard for us, like as churches, to, to, to talk about money. That can be a hard, tricky subject to talk about. Why do you think that is? Why is it hard for us to talk about money? I, I think overall, because of probably the mishandling of money sometimes by churches or pastors or guys you see on TV, you know, that constant, we need money, we need money, we need money. I don't have a problem talking about it because the Bible talks a lot about it. Now, Mm -hmm. I usually intentionally preach on money, giving, you know, stewardship as far as money goes, uh, every year or every 18 months, we may do a little series. The last one we did 
that folks can find um, on our, our website is called God First. And, you know, we, we talk about putting God first in certain areas, and part of that was giving. So I think, you know, we, we kind of swing the other direction. When we see the abuses, right. we're like, okay, well, you know, here is an abuse, so we're going to swing completely opposite, and we're not going to talk about it at all, where, of course, Jesus talks about it a lot. Um, but I think we can think through it in different ways we talk about it. And so one thing we try to do here is when we talk about our offering, we talk about our partnerships, you know, when you give 10% of what you give as a church and our undesignated offerings, it goes out the door to mission work. You know, we've got Annie Armstrong Easter offering coming up where we're going to talk a lot about when you give to this particular offering, it goes to help church planters and revitalizers and missionaries here in North America through the Southern Baptist Convention. So I, I like to think about talking about giving in a way that we connect it to the overall mission that we have so people can see, all right, my dollars are working, not only here locally, but globally. Um, and, and so I think we can do a better job of it, but I, I like to try to tie it into the mission as much as possible. So. And when you have discussions about giving that happen, um, there's a churchy word that gets thrown around a lot, and that's the word tithe. Right. Um, if, you're, if you're new to church, if you didn't grow up church, that may be kind of a foreign concept to you, but it is something that gets talked about a lot amongst more of the church crowd. Right. And so what are kind of your thoughts on, on the whole idea of a, of a tithe? Like what is a tithe and, and how do we handle that concept as believers? So you usually, in the Old Testament, you're going to have a difference between tithe and offering. Um, you know, your offering, sometimes there's your first fruit offering. That's the first portion of the crop. I'm bringing it a certain time of year. That's a guarantee of more to come. You know, our tithe then, you know, Malachi 3, 10, talks about the tithe coming to the storehouse. So the tithe to the temple. And then the temple then uses that money for ministry out. You know, they had literal kind of houses or, you know, rooms within the temple where they would have a food pantry, so to speak, uh -huh. you know, and then, all right, we're distributing food to the poor. So our tithe uh, comes to your church, your local church first. Mm -hmm. And, and that tithe then is something that you give regularly, which you do, you know, once a week, once a month, uh, you know, uh, twice a month, however you set that up. Um, and that's used then for money, or, I mean, excuse me, for ministry. And then I look at offerings as something that's above and beyond the tithe. Okay. You know, so the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, we're asking folks, give to that above your tithe as a sacrificial gift. Then that goes to help fund, you know, church planners through the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. And so I, I look at the way I personally do it and I look at it is I don't cut my tithe to the local church to give that extra offering. Mm -hmm. I give that offering on top of my tithe sacrificially because my tithe helps fund what we do as a church. You know, right. so if, if I'm cutting that tithe to give to another organization, I'm, I'm, I'm really hurting my local church, you know, and in what we can do in ministry whether we keep air conditionings on in the summertime, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> those type of things. How do you see it? Is there any different ways or maybe approach it a little bit differently? Well, I mean, now the word tithe means 10th. Right. Um, and so there, there are some schools of thought, faithful people that love Jesus and, and, and read their Bible yeah. that, that are kind of dogmatic mm -hmm. about the number 10%. Right. Um, 
when you dig into the Old Testament, you realize that there's a couple of factors in play there. Um, there's a couple of different tithes that occur throughout the year. Right. And you're also in the, in the, the government and worship structure that, that is set up in the Old Testament. You're not only supporting what would be, have been for them the church, but also like the government mm -hmm. and stuff. So there's, there's, it's, it's not quite apples and oranges, um, but the, the, the principle is still there, which is that we give faithfully to the work of, to, of God and God's people. Right. And I would say that the New Testament doesn't necessarily use the word tithe, mm -hmm. but multiple places in the New Testament, uh, Christians are in, encouraged to give regularly, sacrificially, right. you know? And so I think it's really important um, for that to be a healthy habit that we build but what I've seen is, is so if, if we want to kind of use 10%, again, some folks are going to be a little more dogmatic about that number mm -hmm. and others are a little more, you know, the principle behind giving regularly and giving sacrificially. Right. But um, I've read statistics that say the average, the average giving amongst Christians is like somewhere between one and 2%. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is, is okay, so if 10% if, if is sort of a baseline that we might be shooting for, why are we giving like one tenth of that? Right. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. in the aggregate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I encourage people to think through it this way. Second um, Corinthians chapter eight, chapter nine is going to deal with, with what a lot of people call grace giving, mm -hmm. you know, it's sacrificial giving. Um, like you said, if you add together all the tithes and offerings in the old Testament, I think it was like 20 to 30%. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I kind of depending on which commentary you read. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and but, you know, tongue in cheek, I take my hard line 10 percenters. And I'm like, hey, you want to go hard line? <laughs> Let's go hard line because that's yeah. like 20 to 30. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I take the grace giving camp and I try to push them to go. If God's blessed you with the ability to give beyond 10 percent, why are you at 10 percent? Mm -hmm. You know, because there are people who. I mean, 20% might be a drop in the bucket for them. That, you know, I mean, that's, that's easy. So why, why stop at 10? Right. You know, um, why not ask God for more that you can give more? And so, but then there are people who legitimately have a great heart in giving who 10, there, there's no way they can afford 10. Right. And they're giving four or 5%. Okay, man, God knows your heart in giving. I do think it has to be sacrificial. So um, we give... 12%. And then we we also help out uh, other church planners and things that we we know, um, but that's above my tithe. But mm -hmm. just as something Sandra and I, through our marriage, we've always been at least 10%. Mm -hmm. And then we pray, okay, can we do more? But, but that's going to also get us into a little different conversation, I think, on stewardship, not only in giving, but how we handle our resources that God gives us. And so we talk about, you know, there, that, that Christian stat of one to, I think you said two, it's 2.5-ish right around there. That's because there's a lot of debt. I yeah. think among Christians, there's a lot of maybe lack of budgeting, mm -hmm. mishandling of money in our own personal lives. So what do we, how do we help folks out in understanding what to do better in that area? Well, I mean, I, I think it's in order to be faithful in, in your giving and be generous in your giving, you've got to know where your money's going. Right. You know, and so um, there's some really good 
uh, Christian financial resources out there. Mm -hmm. um, we've used Financial Peace University mm -hmm. here at Heights before. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, Crown Financial Management yep. is another good another good resource. Yeah. Um, there's ways out there. Um, there are resources, Christian-based resources out there uh, for you to get um, a better handle on your finances. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really important, one of the things that I learned as I was going through some of these classes is, uh, the assumption is this is only where you go when you're in big financial trouble. Mm -hmm. And no, 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 like even if you've made wise financial decisions, like you, there's a lot you can learn from a crown financial mm -hmm. or from a financial piece uh, about how to use your resources and how to how to be more wise with your money. Yeah. I mean, so, so there's something to learn in those, in those kinds of uh, classes or resources, whether you, you know, are just getting started and don't have two nickels to rub together. Right. Or if you're in a, in a financial crisis, or even if you've made really wise decisions and you've got stocks and shares and yeah. investments in real estate, like right. there's good principles you can pick up. Yeah. But I mean, I think one of the reasons why it's hard to give is it's if you don't know if you're going to have money at the end of the month, right. if you're afraid that the month is going to, that the money is going to end before the month does, it's going to be really hard to give to God's people, sure. you know, and it's much easier to be faithful in your giving if yeah. your, if your, uh, your budget is under control, right. You know, so, so when I look at the whole process of how am I going to give and, and how, how are we going to set up, um, how are we going to set up, you know, what we're going to give to our local church, what are we gonna to give to other, to other outside organizations? Right. That's a conversation that me and my wife and the Holy Spirit have to have right. with the budget and the spreadsheet, yeah. Yeah. you know? And yeah. so that's, that's really, I think the first step is, is, is figure out where the money's going, right. you know, and, and figure and come up with a plan for where the money's gonna go. Then it's a lot easier when it comes to be that time of the month where you need to, to, to make that payment yeah. It's a lot easier to do it rather than go, oh, gee, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I want to encourage folks on this, and um, this is where I'm at personally and convictionally. So when Sandra and I got married, we said no matter how much we have, no matter how little we have, we don't cut our tithe. We always tithe. And so there were periods of time where it was like, okay, we don't really have two nickels to rub or – you know, early on the marriage, we got 50 bucks in the bank and we got to eat this week, go to the grocery store, church is coming up, but we still wrote the tie check. Mm -hmm. And I think the getting into the discipline of giving, the rhythm of giving, the habit of giving is important to honor the Lord. Because when you honor the Lord, I believe in giving God, God gives back. I mean, you just, you don't outgive God. And I could go over story after story through our, our marriage and our time where we just those times were like, we're not cutting the tithe. We are going to keep being faithful and God was faithful to us, you know? And so, um, I, I want folks to, to say, yes, you need to get that debt under control, those bills figured out, but, but honor God, don't wait to go, I'm going to get it all figured out and then give, cause you ain't going to always get it all figured out, you know, right. uh, be a giver. And again, God knows your heart. So if it's 1%, 2%, 10%, that's a percentage. But, but get into that habit. That's a, that's a thing of worship, a, an activity of worship. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, and I'm using, I'm using um, financial peace terminology because right. that's what, is what I've learned. But, you know, if you're working on your debt snowball, yeah. 
you know, and you're working really hard to get the the, the credit under control and right. get the payments under control, um, start somewhere. Right. You know, yeah. maybe right now, I mean, you're in maybe you're in a real bad financial situation, and yeah. you need to start somewhere. Right. You yeah. know, so you're not you're not even looking at a percentage right now, but you're yeah. saying, you know, I'm going to be faithful to give this this yeah. to God every week, every month. I'm going to you know ma- right. I'm going to make this payment. Yeah. And, and and get it again, get into that habit. Right. Rather than than be sort of kind of haphazard about it like well you know i had some money in my pocket so i'll throw it in the plate it's like no 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 like let's yeah. make a plan make a plan you yeah Good. and again then that is that that's an aspect of worship yeah so we, we i think we've 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 gotten the the money conversation of stewardship good um how about what we would call talent spiritual gifts serving how do we do that well you know again getting back to that principle of paul second corinthians 5 9 i want to want to please the lord what do you what do you think on on how to how folks can serve better or use their spiritual gifts? A, a lot of it st- starts with just being available. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so when it comes to we've we've talked about this um, like in uh, Discover Heights classes and stuff like like in our membership process, like mm-hmm. how do you kind of uncover what your spiritual gifts are? Right. Um, and and again, and there's some there's some resources out there. I mean, you can kind of like take a, a spiritual gifts inventory or spiritual spiritual gifts survey. And, and, and those have a place, but really honestly, that the easiest way for you to discover what your spiritual gifts are is to be a part of God's people, be right. a part of a local church and hang out with people that love Jesus and, and they're going to let you know. Yeah. Uh, you're going to yeah. find out. Yeah. Um, but a lot, I mean, a lot of service is really just, a lot of it starts with being available, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's, there's areas where we need to, um, where, where, where we need people to serve that are very specialized. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a whole lot of people that can do what you're going to do on Sunday morning. Right. You know, it's kind of a, um, but we need people at church who are going to be door greeters. Mm-hmm. We need uh, people that are going to serve our children's ministry and our student ministry. And sometimes that's as easy as just, you know, showing up, being a, a, a warm body to, to keep an eye on kids and students and make sure that they're being safe, you know? Right. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and we need people who can, you know, do camera stuff and, and push the space bar on ProPresenter and, yeah. and do all that. There's so many things um, that, are, that are required to make worship happen. And some of it, some of it is specialized and some of it's like pretty simple stuff. Well, and there's no, I always think about it this way, there's no role too small in a church. Absolutely. I mean, I know you're up front in front of people, I'm in front of people, and people can tend to go, oh, man, like Lee and Matt, they've got the heavy lifting. But, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of people. There's, there's people running our equipment. If they're not running our equipment, they're not hearing me or seeing me online. Or That's the right. same with you. Um, I think about those, those nursery workers, those child care workers. They're back there loving kids, teaching kids the gospel. And that might be the only time a single mom that we gets a break. Yep. And, and now she's in the worship center worshiping and hearing the gospel herself. And, and that's possible because that person's taking care of that child. You know, door greeters, I know they may think, oh, I'm just holding a door open. But guests will make up, first time guests, uh, the majority of them make up their mind on a second visit within 10 minutes of their first visit. Well, who are the first people they're seeing? They're seeing the door greeters. Yep. Like, I mean, so there's no role that's ever too small uh, within a local church. So I, I think stewarding that, those talents um, are so key because that's, that's building up the body, that's encouraging people, um, it's building the kingdom. And so I, 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 I don't want people just to sit on the sideline 
and, yeah. and say, well, you know, they don't need me or no. I mean, we could always use somebody somewhere for something. Yeah. But, but when you serve and you're using those gifts, it, it honors and glorifies God. It encourages someone else. Like I said, it builds the church. And I think that's so, that's so key in that. And so in serving, um, you know, we want, we want people to get plugged in there. And, and any of our listeners can contact you, me, call the office if you're looking for something to do. We can, <laughs> yeah. we can do that, but not only here, but let's kind of talk about the community. How can we use those spiritual gifts out and about? Right, yeah, this, that kind of brings us back to what we talked about in our last episode when mm -hmm. we were talking about, um, actually, no, was it two episodes ago? I'm getting confused. But it was when, two. It when was we were the sharing about, the faith. We were talking about yeah. sharing our faith. Yeah. We talked about how uh, as Christians, especially those of us that have been in a church for a long time, most of our relationships are in the church. We may struggle to make friends and make and build relationships outside the church. Right. And so we need to be intentional about that. Yeah. And so I'm thinking for every kind of mature, healthy, growing, plugged in believer, I, I kind of want to see four things. I, I want to see you involved in worship. Mm -hmm. I want to see you plugged into some kind of a life group mm -hmm. um, and, and, and studying the scripture and building relationships with other believers. Right. I want to see you serving your church somewhere, somehow, mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, in the worship ministry, children, student ministry, door greeter, you know, the person, the, 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 the people who come and actually like take care of the pens yeah. and the yeah, envelopes the during the week, Key. people that come and help, yeah. um, take care of, of offerings and process that on right. a weekly basis. Like those are all like valuable things. And then I would say for every believer, they ought to have some way that they're connecting with and serving their community. Right. You know, and whether that's uh, like something like Meals on Wheels mm -hmm. or whether that might be like something involving the school district, like the YET program right. that we have here in Alvin um, and, you know, the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. um, find some way where you're connecting. You know, are, are you active in the Chamber of Commerce? Are mm -hmm. you... Um, you know, how are you building those relationships? Is, is there some way, maybe even like on a monthly basis where you're going to set aside some time to go and, and make those connections, be intentional about making those connections with the outside world so that the, so that the, your community can see right. that we want to be a church that's not just in our community, but that's for our community. Right. Yeah. So somebody's listening to this like, okay, great advice. I have no time. And that brings us to our third part. See how I transitioned on that? That was a great transition. <laughs> that was fantastic. I practice at these things. All right, so I have no time. Um, there's, there's no time for that. Between my job, you know, running the kids all around, how in the world am I going to find time to serve on a Sunday morning? Or, hey, I mean, serving, serving in your community maybe being that team mom, team parent for that little league team. I mean, that's serving your community. But how do we, how do we you know, find time to do all these things? All right, so the number I want you to think about is 168. Right. Every single one of us has 168 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on what life stage we're in, like some of us have more that we have to get done in 168 hours than others. Right. You know, I've got four kids at home. I've got a lot more going on than maybe somebody who's, you know, just getting started in their 20s and yeah. maybe still living at home. You know, like, so I, I, it's not that we don't necessarily all have the same life, but we do have the same amount of time. Right. And we have to decide how we're going to use that time. Um, and so one of the concepts that I've been kind of talking through uh, with my life group co-leader lately is the, high, the whole idea of a time budget. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, we need to make a plan for our finances. Mm -hmm. We need to make a plan for how we're going to use our time. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and again, like 
you run into financial trouble when you don't know where you're spending your money and you get to the end of the month and you say, where did it all go? Right. Well, we get to the end of the week, it's 168 hours and you're like, well, where did all of my time go? Yeah. You know, and the reality is, is that we make time for what's important to mm -hmm. us. And so, so you may need to kind of take an audit in your, your, your personal life or in your, your family life. You may need to sit down with your spouse and your yeah. family and say, okay, these activities are good. These activities are going to stay. These activities we may need to cut, right. you know, and then again, think, think through this, the screen time, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have a, if anybody else out there is like me, like I spend a lot more time, you know, streaming shows than, you know, than I probably think I do, mm -hmm. you know? And so there's probably some places where you could make up some time there. Yeah. But yeah, just realize that, you know, your, your time is a finite resource. Right. And so you got to think about what's, what's important. And again, I would just sort of think through that same kind of, that kind of that framework of, okay, I want to be in worship. Mm -hmm. I want to be in, in some kind of a life group. I want to be serving my church and I want to be serving my community outside my church. Right. And then I got to work and I got to take care of kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I got to take care of my health. I mean, right. there's, so there's a lot of stuff going on, but you just got to make a decision on what you have time for. Yeah and decide what, what, where you're gonna spend that time. Yeah, and I'll, I'll wrap us up with this. Um, like you said, everybody has the same 24 hours, everybody has the same seven days, all the way back from Adam and Eve. We, there's, there's no 25th hour out there. God knew what he was doing when he gave us 24 hours. Except for Joshua, that well, one That's time. true, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but God knew what he was doing when he gave us 24 hours. That's right. Um, and, and so I, I think what has helped me over the years, just a couple of resources, uh, there's a little book called Do More Better. Mm -hmm. um, it's written from a, a, a Christian author, a little bit of a Christian perspective, and it's a time management book. Mm -hmm. uh, that really helped me in a lot of ways. Um, I use a tool called Todoist, which mm -hmm. is an app. It's a fancy note-taking app, you know, like sticky notes. And, you know, so making some to-do lists. Uh, Sandra and I share a Google Calendar. Um, that way we both see what's going on. And so one of the things we do in our marriage is on Sunday nights, we usually have like a little calendar meeting. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds super nerdy to most people, but like we sit down together on Sunday night, we talk through the week, here's what I've got coming up, you got coming up, who's picking up who, you know, all those things. And we, we budget all that time out, we write all that time out, uh, because I've learned the more you, either you learn to manage your time or you're gonna lose your time, Right. you know, and so, kind of getting organized is going to help out a lot and then prioritizing that time mm -hmm. like you talked about i found that i was i was rushing through my quiet times a lot in the mornings um, so i get up earlier now now i'm a 5 a.m guy and i can spend about an hour where nobody's up usually <laughs> and i can take my time with the lord i've got better prayer life going i've got better time in the word um, because now I go to bed a little earlier because I'm up right. a little earlier, but I made that adjustment and it's, and it's helped. So I think, think through those, those adjustments are, are good. So, so time, talent, treasure, 
think we packed in a lot in yeah, this episode. Did. So that was good. I appreciate your insight on that. We want to thank you for joining us for this episode. And uh, we'd love to see you in person if you're in our area uh, on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., 1030 a.m. for our worship services. We'd also love for you to join us at the same times on Sunday morning online from wherever you are. And so thank you for watching, listening today. Make sure on your uh, podcast app to hit the subscribe button so all our new content will come right there uh, in your um, app for you. Or if you're on our YouTube page, do the same thing. Hit that subscribe button so you'll stay current with all of our information. If you'd like to know more about Heights, you can find us on the web at heightschurch.org. And until next time, uh, God bless and have a great week.